Mystery is the heart of creativity. That and surprise. Julia Cameron. He's kind of crazy. She's a little insane. Keeping energy really messes with his brain. One is divorced. The other's husband is dead. That's why it's so messed up in the head. It's a Silver Linings Playcast. Oh yeah. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Silver Linings Playcast. As far as I know, the only podcast solely devoted to Silver Linings Playbook, the movie, and the Silver Linings Playbook, the book. If you've been following us for a couple weeks now, uh, which nobody has, so I'm just talking to myself, I know, pretty much. Um, We have turned into a uh, Silver Linings Playbook and the Silver Linings Playbook fan fiction uh, podcast. This week, we are going to join... Uh, Pat Solitano on a 1940-ish detective adventure. We're going to dive right in. Here we go. June 26, 1945. It was a Tuesday. Detective stories always seem to start on Tuesdays, and this one was no exception. Pat was sitting behind his desk on a quiet afternoon when his secretary, a thick young dame named Shirley, picked her head in the door. Careful warm-up, said Shirley. She held up a coffee pot and nodded towards the empty mug sitting in front of Pat. I'd love a warm-up, said Pat, and then maybe you could bring me some coffee. Oh, (laughs) Mr. Solitano. It's Pat. How many times do I have to tell you, baby doll? You can just call me Pat. Sure thing, Mr. Solitano. Shirley walked over and sat herself on Pat's lap. You know, Shirls, as much as I love when you bring me coffee, how am I supposed to get any work done when... The sound of the door interrupted their flirtation. Shirley stood up, adjusted her dress, and walked out to answer the door. Pat wiped the sweat from his brow, lit a cigarette, took one drag, and extinguished it in the ashtray, where it joined a cavalcade of unsmoked butts. Pat could hear the unfamiliar voice of a young woman in the next room talking to Shirley, The stranger sounded young. In Pat's estimation, she must be in her early twenties, though it was hard to tell exactly because her voice seemed muffled. Sounded panicked. Shirley poked her head into Pat's office. Mr. Solitano, there's a woman out here who says she needs to talk with you. Send her in, said Pat. In walked a blonde woman, five nine in every inch of the bombshell that Pat was hoping for. Solitano. The woman asked. I'm looking for Detective Patrick Solitano. The one and only, Pat said. Well, my dad goes by Patrizio, but he's not a detective, baby doll. What can I do for you? Pat's eyes surveyed the landscape from head to toe, and his skills of deduction concluded that he wanted to bed this name, this goddess that stood in front of him. Mr. Solitano, my name is Tiffany Maxwell. She paused. Tiffany was wearing a form-fitting black dress and a hat with a veil to cast a shadow over half her face. But the half that was visible was better than the whole of most women. Her blonde curly hair cascaded out of the back of her hat, as if a constant beam of heavenly light was shining down on her. Well, said Tiffany, as she looked down and fiddled with the ring on her left finger, I suppose it's Tiffany Webster now. Mr. Maxwell is out of the picture? Pat asked. 
Tiffany bit her lip, which was covered in bright red lipstick. Well, you see, Mr. Solitano, call me Pat. Okay, Pat, my husband Tommy, he's dead. Tiffany pulled out a tissue from her purse and dabbed her face, being careful to dry her tears, but cautiously avoiding ruining her makeup. Pat stood up and walked over to Tiffany. He stood beside her and put one arm around her shoulder. There, there, Miss Webster. Miss, just miss. There, there, Miss Webster. It's just too hard to be reminded of him every time I hear his name. I see, said Pat. And you suspect foul play? I don't suspect, said Tiffany. I'm certain of it. The waterworks stopped, and Tiffany looked up into Pat's strong yet caring amber eyes. And you want me to find out who done it, said Pat. They don't call you the world's greatest detective for nothing, said Tiffany. Pat jerked his head back and cocked it to the side, confused. Are you trying to be funny, Miss Webster? I assure you, Mr. Solitano, I have no sense of humor, said Tiffany. With legs like those, she doesn't need a sense of humor, Pat thought to himself silently in his head. With legs like those, she doesn't need a sense of humor, said Pat. I beg your pardon? Oh shit, did I just say that out loud? asked Pat. Tiffany leaned in and put her mouth right next to Pat's ear and whispered, I don't know. A grief-stricken woman can imagine hearing all sorts of things. She pulled her head back, but not before lightly biting Pat's ear. Perhaps I'm just hysterical, said Tiffany. I hope you won't think less of me. I can assure you I won't be thinking less of you, Miss Webster. I'll be thinking more of you. Pat shot her a finger gun and walked back and sat himself behind his desk. Tiffany put both of her arms on the desk and leaned over, facing Pat. The cut of her dress revealed more than anything she'd so far displaying the only mystery Pat wanted to solve aside from the actual mystery of Tiffany's husband. Mr. Solitano. Tiffany shot her left leg up on the desk and hiked her dress to reveal a thigh-high garter strapped with a stack of cash. She pulled the money out and started slowly fingering through the bills, counting all five hundred. I... I can't offer you much up front, she said. But if you can get to the bottom of things, I'll make it worth your while. Pat looked Tiffany up and down once more, moving his head deliberately so she could see him scan her. For a sweet thing like you, I'll get to the bottom, Pat said. Tiffany stood up and grabbed on the strap of her purse. Maybe we could discuss the case over dinner tonight, said Pat. Unfortunately, that won't be possible, said Tiffany. Due to the nature of my former husband's work, his death has left me with a lot of loose ends to tie up, and I'm afraid I need to be out of town the next few days. I'll bring you a copy of the police report and all the evidence I have, and we can discuss the case then. You said death. I think you meant disappearance, said Pat. Yes, you're right, replied Tiffany. My worry has me jumping to the worst conclusions. Anyone else might have seen that as peculiar, said Pat. Tiffany's eyes began to squint, and her face grew tense. But I find... The nervous mistake charming. Tiffany's face relaxed and regained its color. 
Perhaps dinner will be on the table when we get back, said Pat. If I can tie up all the loose ends, then I'd love to, said Tiffany. She made her way to the door. I'll do everything in my power to help tie up the loose ends, said Pat. Tiffany paused and turned to face Pat. Why, thank you, Mr. Solitano. I knew you were the man for the job. She blew Pat a kiss, turned, and walked out the door. Pat exhaled and threw his feet up on the desk. He lit a cigarette, took a drag, and added it to the pile. Yep, he thought to himself. This definitely was a Tuesday. It was the Thursday after the previous Tuesday, but prior to the next Tuesday. Pat was about to leave his Upper West Side apartment when the phone rang. Hello? said Pat. Hello? Static greeted him, and then a muffled voice that sounded like a broken radio. Hello? Can I help you? said Pat. Static. Silence. Followed by a barely audible, Don't get on the boat. The line went silent. Don't get on the boat? Pat asked. What boat? Who is this? I think you have the wrong number. Pat hung up the phone, perplexed. He put on his tie and headed out the door. The wiper of his his car melodically cleared the windshield of rain, creating a monotonous swooshing beat that almost lulled the exhausted Pat to sleep as he barely made it into the office parking lot. As he stepped out of his car, he lit a cigarette, took one drag, and threw it on the ground. Coffee's ready. Shirley beamed as she greeted Pat to work. You're a doll, Shirls, said Pat. Late night? Shirley asked as she poured a cup of coffee. Early morning, said Pat. Nights were meant to be late. It's the morning that doesn't know when decent folks should begin their day. Oh, Mr. Solitano. Came, gentleman came by the office this morning. Asked if he could leave some information about a new commercial fishing company... Moving in next door, a few doors down, I left a pamphlet on your desk, said Shirley. Thanks, baby doll. I'll take a look. Pat sat down at his desk, eyed the brochure. Jersey Sea Ventures. Pat chuckled and dropped the flyer into the wastebasket. It was that moment that he remembered the chilling call that he had received that earlier that morning. Half of him realized that he was probably who was calling. Someone had clearly gotten the number of his agency and was making a sales call. But wait, why would they call him at home? His apartment number was not public record or associated with the company. Now Pat was curious. Shirls, Pat yelled into the main office. Where did you say this fishing company was moving in? Shirley appeared at the door with a mug and set it down in front of Pat. The man said, 369 Vine. That's three offices over, I believe. Three, six, nine, Pat muttered under his breath to himself. Nice. He jumped up and grabbed his jacket and his hat that he had just hung up on the coat rack. Shirley, hold my calls. I'm going to pay our new neighbor a visit. Should I not have taken the flyers, Mr. Solitano? Shirley asked apologetically. No, no harm. I just want to show a little Vine Street hospitality, see what they got to offer. A few minutes later, Pat was standing in front of the office of Jersey Deep Sea Ventures. Their big cartoonish sign was colorful and gaudy. P. 
Pat grunted in distaste. He knew this would cheapen the whole commercial strip he worked in. Patrick Solitano, I presume, belted a deep voice. Pat looked over and saw the source of the voice. A rotund middle-aged man with a thinning comb-over and pencil-thin mustache approached Pat from the door of the office. The world-famous Detective Pat Solitano. What can I do for you? Pat greeted the man's handshake, but Pat's face failed to offer the same warm greeting that the gentleman was looking for. I see you moved in, said Pat. I wanted to see what you had to offer. Name's Riley Stanton. I'm the owner of this outfit. Deep sea charters, half day, whole day, weekends. We can accommodate all your nautical needs. I can't say I have any nautical... Pat was cut off. Nonsense. We cater all levels of experience, said Riley. Mark my words, if you're a first-timer, a lifelong seaman, Jersey Sea Ventures... Riley was now being cut off. I appreciate it, Mr. Stanton, but I'm pretty busy with the detective agency. I don't have much time for recreational excursions, said Pat. Riley's normally jovial face faded into a look of disappointment. Just trying to be friendly, neighbor, said Riley. Well, if you ever need a detective, I am right up the street, said Pat. Good to know, said Riley. I hope to never need to call on you for business reasons, but hope to see you around the block. Oh, and if you have a change of mind, come on down and schedule a boating trip with Tiffany. She's away this week, tending to a family matter, but our grand opening is until next week. She'll be more than happy to set you up on the house. Tiffany. Pat paused in his tracks. That's right, said Riley. Tiffany is our secretary. Young girl, blonde hair, about this tall? Pat asked. That's her, said Riley. Have you seen her around? You're missing out if you haven't. Riley laughed a good old boys club laugh. Pat was now intrigued. You said she went away on family business? Pat asked. Sure did. She said she had an uncle who was killed and had to go visit the family in California, said Riley. Tiffany's parting words from Tuesday replayed in Pat's mind. Due to the nature of my former husband's work, his death has left me with a lot of loose ends to tie up, and I'm afraid I have to be out of town for the next few days. Husband's death, Pat thought to himself. Uncle, is this the same? Are you all right, Mr. Solitano? Asked Riley. Oh, I'm just fine. I'm just remembering something. I have to go back to the office, said Pat. Nice chatting with you, Pat, said Riley. Good to meet you, too, said Pat. Pat burst into his office, repeating his one-drag cigarette routine. Shirley, I need you to give me all the information you can on one Mr. Riley Stanton of Jersey Sea Ventures, said Pat. The nice man who just moved in? asked Shirley. One and the same, said Pat. Is something wrong? asked Shirley. I don't know if anything is wrong, said Pat, but I feel like something isn't right. I guess you could say something smells fishy then, said Shirley. No time for puns, Shirls. We have a crime to solve, said Pat. Pat hated puns. Most people hate puns, and Pat was definitely most people. Children love puns, but that's because children have imaginations and haven't developed an existential dread for reality and responsibilities of the real world. 
children don't have to solve crimes, and Pat was no child. He was an adult, an adult who solved crimes for a living, and a damn fine living it was, too. Pat spent the next several hours researching clues, cross-referencing old news articles and other relevant media sources. Shirley came in and dropped off a packet of information about Riley. While perusing one specific article, Pat came across a fact that piqued his interest. It was a newspaper clipping from the Schenectady Gazette, dated two years earlier. Local business owner shuts down shop after mysterious death of secretary's husband on the premises. Pat thought it was a rather clunky as a headline, but he was a detective, not a journalist. Maybe it was industry standard, or maybe this was just the caliber of writing one would expect from a small-town paper. Either way, the information was turning the investigation gears in Pat's head. He searched his desk for the follow-up investigation article, and there, in black-and-white newsprint, was a picture of Riley Stanton, the very Riley he'd just met a few hours earlier. He was standing with Tiffany, the very Tiffany he had met several days earlier. Shirley, the woman who came in here last Tuesday, Pat yelled into the other room. You mean the Tuesday of last week? Asked Shirley as she walked into Pat's office. No, the Tuesday of this week. It's prior to today, the previous Tuesday, said Pat. Oh, said Shirley. I always thought the Tuesday of the current week once past was referred to as last Tuesday. Have I been saying it wrong all this time? Asked Pat. I mean the Tuesday that was two days prior to today, which is Thursday. I think that's correct, said Shirley. Anyway, it doesn't matter which way is the correct way to say it. The point is, do you remember a woman that came in here on Tuesday? This Tuesday? Said Shirley. Yes, this last Tuesday, said Pat. I don't, said Shirley. And I don't think we had a Tiffany's in here the Tuesday before last either. Pat was getting angry. Shirley, there was a young woman who came into this office, and you checked her in on Tuesday. Her name was Tiffany. The only woman I remember coming in on Tuesday said her name was Claudia, said Shirley. Claudia. We haven't had any Claudias in here that I can remember, said Pat. That's her? It's Miss Claudia, said Shirley excitedly as she pointed down at the newspaper picture of Riley and the woman that Pat thought was named Tiffany. This woman definitely came into the office on Tuesday, said Shirley, but she told me her name was Claudia, and that's what I put in the register. Interesting, said Pat. Why would she tell you her name was Claudia if she was going to use her real name? If anything... You'd think she'd tell you her real name and give me the fake name. Or give us both the fake name, said Shirley. Or give us both the real name, said Pat. Something's not adding up, said Pat. He left, leapt to his feet and grabbed his coat and hat like he had done several hours before. Shirley, I'm headed back to talk to Mr. Stanton. Are you going to talk to him about Tiffany? Shirley chuckled. Pat was already at the front door when he heard him, when she heard him yell back. No time for puns, Shirls. We've got a mystery to solve. 
All right, that does it for this week's episode of the Silver Lines Playcast. Tune in this next week and every week for fan fiction uh, set in the Silver Linings Playbook and Silver Linings Playbook Extended Universe. Until next time, we will see you down the road and Excelsior. He's kind of crazy. She's a little insane. Keeping Kennedy really messes with his brain. One is divorced. The other's husband is dead. That's why it's so messed up in the head. It's a Silver Linings Playcast. Oh yeah.